All right, how are we doing this morning? Good, good. If you have your Bibles, grab those. Uh, Matthew 28 is where we'll be, Matthew uh, chapter 28. Um, and I've got to be very, very careful because like I have I've probably not taught on as much of... Uh, this has been one of the very, uh, I guess, scriptures that I have brought before us as a church in my uh, four to five years as your pastor. Um, so I've got to be careful because like I... I mean, I can get in this and I can talk about discipleship and my heartbeat and my desire for us as a people um, uh, to walk this out and to live this out. And so I've got to be careful because, I, I mean, we'll be in here for three days. I mean, if you, if you don't have anybody got anywhere to go, ah, I heard a note. Dad, don't, don't, don't you tempt me. Dad, die. You be careful encouraging this. Um, no, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Um, maybe. We'll see what God does. But anyways, um, Matthew 28, 18 is where we'll be. Uh, last week, we've uh, kind of started off this series. It'll take us right back into our New Testament readings, as you've seen uh, this week. And uh, it just aligns itself perfectly. I love how God just kind of sets things up for us as it aligns itself perfectly uh, as we are starting to navigate through 2023, just a few weeks in uh, here. And so uh, my heart and my plan is as we walk through these scriptures in our New Testament reading, uh, especially over the next few weeks, to lay before you just some goals that I feel God's pressed upon my heart uh, for us to be serious uh, about as a church, but then also uh, for you individually uh, and what that means for you as a follower of Jesus. And so um, last week, we just kind of laid that before you, and I just made this comment, this right here, that you'll never hit a target you don't set out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll never, if you don't know what you're shooting at, you'll you always hit whatever you want, and you always hit it however you want to hit it because you don't have uh, that goal or that target set out. And so, uh, for me, that's what I'm wanting to do for us. I'm wanting to lay the target before us, put it before us, set it, set it out there. Uh, and I'm adapting that in my life personally as well as uh, for us here uh, as, as a church. And so, this is our yearly goal setting, just kind of bringing it before you, what I'm praying, what I'm seeking, what I'm asking God to do uh, throughout this year, 12 months. God, please help us accomplish this. We want to press in. We want to walk with, we want to see. What we'll do is we'll have some monthly assessments. How are things going? There's going to be things before us that you'll be able to look and, and kind of gauge where we're at, what God's doing thus far up to this point. Uh, and then even weekly reminders, like this week sent out uh, two uh, videos on our uh, social media page just to encourage you. So there'll uh, be different things like that, whether it be a text or a video or uh, diff different ways that we can do that. But I want to keep it before us often. I want to keep these goals, these targets before us often um, so we can continue to walk through and see. And so last week, this is what we said. This is our, our first goal uh, as, as a church, which is one that will be every year for us, is to glorify God. How? By sharing the gospel. Now, I want us to bring glory and honor to God by telling people about who Jesus Christ is. And so for me this past week, the cool thing was I'd, I'd had some conversation, got some texts and, and phone calls and things like that from some people who, uh, man, took serious the call to go. I mean, like, like they didn't let any grass grow under their feet. I mean, they're out Monday morning at school. We've got someone in the school system who, who texts me and says, man, I just, I just shared the gospel with this, this six, seven-year-old in my school. And she put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I'm like, yes. Y yeah, we celebrate that, church. I mean... Because our goal, we, we understand and we know that we're not the ones that saves, that it's God that saves. The Holy Spirit draws and does a work and opens up the heart, and, and God is the one that, that saves, but, but he uses us. And so to have somebody in the school system do that already. I, I got a phone call from a guy who said, man, I just felt convicted that I need to share the gospel with my dad. I don't, I don't know where he's at uh, with the Lord, and I, I just feel convicted I need to do that. So he went this week, and he, shared the, he sat down with him and had that, I mean, how, more, how much more awkward can it get? Then to sit down with your dad, look him in the eyes and be like, Dad, my heart's concerned about something. My heart's concerned about your soul. 
And if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I, I mean, how much more serious and, and, and amazing can that be that, that he took serious that call? And, and then even this week, I mean, your granddaughter, your granddaughter at school has the opportunity to talk about Jesus in her class, and the teacher jumps on that. And, and so, uh, so I'm just going to tell you, what we've got out in the lobby is this big target, and I've got, we've got these crosses. And when you share the gospel, we want to know by you going and placing a cross. And so this morning as she comes in, I say, hey, girl, I need you to do something for me. And I give her a cross, and I give her a high five, and we just celebrate like crazy the fact that she, what grade is she in? She, I mean, she's second grade. Bold enough to stand in her class and tell her class about Jesus. And so we've got those out there. And, and I want to take this a little bit further for us. I want to take this a little bit, bit further for us. It, is, it, um, is this, is as you see there on the screen, uh, we want to glorify God by sharing the gospel. But I want to see us as a church to share the gospel with at least 1,000 people this year. 1,000 people hear the name of Jesus. And my prayer, my hope is that this is kind of a ridiculous, oh, that's not on there. It was there. Hey, come back, baby, come back. Anyways, um, a thousand people. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm asking God to do. And my prayer and hope is that, is that you blow it out of the water, that we blow that out, that a thousand people is just in the first three months maybe, is, is that we take serious this call to take the gospel to the nations, take the gospel to our community, take the gospel to people in our uh, life. And so um, that's my heart. That's my hope that that'll be out there. You'll see that. You can get this whenever you share. I mean, grab them. There's a basket out there with those, uh, those in it. So be sure and grab that and put that on there. Uh, you other two folks that have, have shared this with me this week. And so um, I'm just excited to see how God's going to use us to take his, his message of hope and redemption. And so this morning, what we're going to do, Matthew 28 here, what we're going to do is we're going to look at, at two things. We're going to look first at the command that's given here in Matthew, and then what we're going to do is we're going to pull back and we're going to define what that command is. The command that's given, we'll look at it, talk about it for a second, and then we will define uh, what that means, what that command is. Um, and so here we go, Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. This is Jesus after he's resurrected. He says this, Jesus came and spoke to them. Them is the disciples, his disciples that are with him, that are gathered there. He goes to them, he's there. Uh, he, he had died on the cross, he's resurrected. And this is before he goes back uh, to sit at the right hand of the Father. He says this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now we need to understand something about authority, right? I mean, I believe that the majority of us in this room understands authority. That there's somebody over us all the time. I don't, I don't care uh, where you're at, what you're doing. Uh, there are laws that govern us. There is authorities that, that uh, make sure that we obey those laws, that, that, that take care of, of different things like that. And so uh, when Jesus uses this word authority, what he's saying is he's got the freedom and right to speak and act as he pleases. What he says goes. What he says goes. And what we know from the scriptures is this, is that Jesus is Lord. Jesus has conquered and defeated the grave. He just beat death, and he's alive, and he's ruling and reigning. And so now we understand by what authority he speaks. He speaks as one who has authority over death. He speaks as one who has authority over life. He is one that speaks uh, with all authority everywhere. What he says goes. What he says goes. So when we counted what it meant to be a believer, a follower of Jesus, when God uh, awakened in our hearts the reality and need for him, Part of that in coming to him in relationship is understanding that there's a part of us that has to die, that, that we are made alive in him and that this old man dies. We have to rid ourselves of us. That's what we looked at last week. When the gospel's proclaimed and the heart hears the sweet message of Jesus and we're confronted with the reality of our lostness, our sinfulness, our wickedness, our rebellion, 
And God graciously and lovingly opens up our heart to that. And we step into relationship through faith with him. There's us handing over our life to him. What he says goes. What he commands, what he asks, the answer is already yes and amen. There are certain things that we don't have to debate. There are certain things we don't have to pray about. There are certain things that we don't need to look too much into. We just, uh, in glad obedience, walk out the things that Christ has commanded us to do and to be. And this is one of those things. So the command here is this, go. The command is to go. And so if we're commanded by God to do something and we don't do what he commands us, what is that? Disobedience. Disobedience. And disobedience to God is what? Sin, right? Disobedience to God is sin. And so if we don't do what he tells us, commands us to do, it's disobedience. And what did sin cause in the garden? Sin in the garden caused death. It caused separation. That's what sin does. And so the thing about a command from God is that he doesn't ask our input, does he? He doesn't ask our opinion. He doesn't ask what we're thinking. He doesn't uh, ask any of those things because it's not up for debate. Why? Because God has already considered and deemed what is utmost importance. God has already considered and deemed what's best for us in every command that he gives because what it does is it, is it walks out his glory and it's good for us. It brings about maturity. It brings about growth. It brings about uh, a, a changing of our heart all the more. And so that first command that we see here, the command that we see is go. And so I can remember hearing examples of, of, of people growing up and beginning to pray of like what God would do in their heart and what God uh, would ask them to do. And I can remember there's always this fear in people's hearts sometimes. There, there was this fear in people's hearts because if I asked Jesus where he would like to use me or where he would like for me to go, their fear was always like they, that he would send them to that remote place uh, uh, in a foreign country. And they were always scared to death. Or like, like that was always kind of like the, the punishment for kids. Like in Christian circles sometimes, son, I'm going to pray that God sends you to that foreign country to be a missionary over there across seas. And I'm like, that's not a punishment. I, I mean, the fact that God would call you to go tell people about him wherever it may be. I mean, I don't know about you, but that, like that's the prayer of, of a dad's heart for his kids. I don't care where God sends my boys. I don't care where he, send him to tell people about you. Yes and Amen. Like if, if, if God sends my boy wherever, I don't care what country, I don't care if there's no phones and you have, to, you have to walk miles and miles and miles to get to the village, the remote village that you're going to be about, be at. God calls you to go, you go. But church, that's not what this go means. It, it could mean that, but the go here in verse 19 is not necessarily, though it may deter, be determined for, for you that the go looks like that. See, the go, the rendering of this go here in Matthew 28, 19 is, is as you are going. That's what this go is. Th this go is continual. So, so as you're living your life, as you're being, as you're doing, as you're walking out, you have a greater purpose in what you do. Th that's what this means. As you're living life, as you're doing. Th the go is built around every moment of everyday life that you do. So as you go to work, you're going. What are you going for? You're going to live out this command. So yeah, you go to make a living to support your family, but there's greater purpose than you putting dollars in the bank account. There's a greater means than you going and just making money to make money or, or struggling through that job, that nine to five, whatever it may be. There is greater purpose. That's what this going is. So as you go to work, as you go to the store to shop, you're not just there to pick up some nice uh, uh, groceries to go home and grill some stuff on the grill. Your purpose is far greater than that. It's far bigger than that. Jesus says to his disciples, guys, as you guys live, 
As you go, as you do, this is purpose that I have for you. And we're about to look at that. But, but for us, church, as we go to work, as we go to, to the store, students, as you go to school, as you go to school, you, you don't just go to school to learn, though you should learn and try to get good grades. But, man, there's a greater purpose than you learning uh, arithmetic and reading and writing and all of those things. So as you go to school, as you, as you go do family stuff, whatever that is, and then there's this seasonal type of going in our lives. And let, let me try to explain what I mean by there. It's the extracurricular. So like for right now, for us, uh, uh, my oldest boy is, is playing basketball. So do you know where I get to go every week, a couple times a week? To basketball practice. And you know what I get to do? I get to be an influence. Because it's not about whether our team wins or loses. It's not about whether they get some mad skills and they can do whatever. It's not, it's not about that. What it's about is it's about glorifying God. It's about uh, being able to impact these young hearts that are so impressionable. It's about being able to, to talk to parents there. It's about being able to, to share and live out in a different way, coach in a different way, talk in a different way, be in a different way. That, that doesn't make sense to this world. That's the go. Basketball season or whether you're on vacation, like you don't just go to vacation to check out for a week. Like you get that, Right? Like whenever, whenever it rolls around, it's that week to be gone. You don't just go and just hit cruise control and just you check. Like you don't stop being a believer or a goer of Jesus. No, on vacation, that's even better, man. That's like a little, little uh, uh, mini mission trip. You don't believe me? Ask my wife. Like when we, I mean, like, like you never know what you're going to get on vacation with me. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the beach doing who knows what, and I'm like, I'm, or if I go get a golf mate, golfing's the funnest because um, <laughs> they don't know that. I am what I am, and I try not to let them know what God has called me to do. That's not who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, but as always, that's, that's when it gets real, real fun about the fourth, fifth hole. Whenever I've learned some new words that, that I didn't even know, what, what is that? Can I get the origin? Can I, no, you've already used it in a sentence. Never mind. Um, that's when it gets real fun. I mean, weekend stuff, whatever, like when you, when you go and you play and you have fun with friends or you're out of town, whatever it is. Or even if it is just a, a, a mission trip in general that's, that's, that's designated for that, to get away, to go, to share, to, to plan around that. I mean, the, the, the go, it's, it's, a, it's a continual going as you live, as you go, as you do, as you breathe. So, so, so to make it completely just in front of us, when you leave this place this morning, you're going to be hungry, so you're going to go eat. And the point is not just to fill your belly and fulfill a need or a pain there to, to get that to go away, but, but the person that you sit across from or the person that's, that's your waitress or the person that, whatever the case may be, that you get to rub elbows with today. That's the going. That's the go as you go. And that's the part of the command that's easy because we're always going to be going and doing. We're always going to be moving about. That, that's the part that's easy. We're going to do that. The part that makes it hard is the intentional part of this, the intentional aspect of this command that I believe really gets us because it's a call for every believer everywhere. Jesus is talking to his disciples in this place, in this day, in this time. But this is also, it's not just a, a descriptive describing, but it's prescriptive, meaning it's a call for every believer everywhere, every disciple of Christ to go and do this, to live this out, to walk this out. Every believer everywhere is to live with this purpose. Man, as I'm going, this is how I see the world. This is what, what uh, my worldview is wrapped up in. Taking the gospel to, to the world to share with people. This is the awareness by which I live as I'm going. It's to be intentional. He says, go therefore. Therefore, again, back to the authority upon which he has given this command. And so if Jesus commands us to do it, he will give us the means by which we're to accomplish it. Every time. 
every time he would do that. So this is not a setup for us to fail. This is not a setup for us to, to bomb it, but I believe it's a, an opportunity for us to lean in all the more on him and be more dependent because uh, uh, judging by the room, not everybody is outgoing and as boisterous as I am. Everybody's not, why did you laugh? Don't laugh at that. I saw you by there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like not, everybody, not everybody's wired that way. And that's quite all right. You don't have to be to engage in conversation with someone and to navigate the conversation or drive the conversation to get to the cross of Christ and talk about who Jesus is and what he has done. That should make us dependent because I don't know about you, even with my as outgoing people person as I am, there is still a difficulty in me to do that always. There is still a difficulty to engage from time to time. There is still a challenge for me. And so for me, it's pressing all the more, pressing all the more. Because hear me, it's a daunting request to go and do what he's about to ask us. But it's a request that is worth it. And it's a request that we'll see here in a little bit that he is going to equip and give and be for us all we need in that. So here we go. Go, therefore, make disciples. Go, make disciples. There it is. And we're going to define that, what that is here in just a moment. But that's what he's called us to do, the command, and now that's what we're to be doing. And the reality is this, every one of us in this room, we, we've made disciples. You've made a disciple, I've made a disciple. We, we have all made that by uh, disciples by what we've said, what we've done, how we act, how we react. If you've got children, you, you, you see this firsthand. Because a lot of times the way that you act, the way that you respond, the things that you say, the things that you think about uh, becomes things that they think about, the things that they say, the way that they react, the way that they do. All of us has made disciples, whether it's at work, with a coworker, with a family member, at the store, wherever it may be, you have made disciples. I'm, I'm, let, me, let me try to illustrate real quick. See, see, my hope, being a guy from West Virginia, my hope and my heart was that I would have some Mountaineer fans in my house is what I hope. So, so what I did early on trying to um, guide this in the right godly way that it should be done, right? Train up a child in the way he should go. Like I, like, I go this route. Yeah, man, I mean, why would, I mean, the WV there, and we watch it, and I cheer for it whenever they uh, are on. Um, and so, like, I, like, I've got it going on, and we do this, and I'm, I'm, like, I'm excited, and, like, even we got, like, the little football Mountaineer helmet that they put on, and we'll play with out in the yard as they were growing up. And I, like, I was, like, as a dad, like, I was doing it, you know? Like, I am not going to let you people ruin them. But, but I feel like God's judgment on me in the South has been different than this. Because what I feel like is as hard as I've pushed this and tried my best to do this, what you people did, and hear me, this is going to be very offensive to some in this room, and I apologize up front because I'm as offended as you are. Um, just know I live with it every day. Like, I have to deal with it and put up with it and so and I and I'll even say just to let you know I'm gonna get to it in a minute just to let you know like like like, like they've kind of went both ways for a season until more of the folk in our area in our life in our church has pushed hard to disciple and raise them up in the way they should go and so we go that route to uh, now we, we're, we're this route I mean so much so that, I mean they had to put the name on the back you know like, like like we don't just do it, like we go all in, you know? And so like th this, is, this is what's happened in my life. And like, like, like this is like a moment like of prayer and lamenting and begging of God to change their little hearts, save them and rescue them from... Carolina fans, we can relate, right? You know what I'm talking about. Um, 
But that's what's happened in their life. Why? Because people around them wear orange. People around them talk about orange. Um, so, so much so that, that we've, even, we've even had to go to Clemson football games now. And, and, and so much so now because I am a supporter of my family and I love my kids. Um, like I, I even had to, to do it. I know, thank, yes, Miss Judy, I, I begrudgingly wear it because I don't want my boys to get beat up. <laughs> I don't know, whatever the excuse is. But, um, but, but you see what I'm saying? Like, like as goofy as that illustration is, what's, what's happened? It happened to them because they've been around people. They've seen it. They've talked about it. They've heard it. They've watched it. They, they, they've seen some of those things take place and some of those things happen. But is that not how it happens in real life too? I think some have intentionally tried to do this, and I think some unintentionally. And the same thing happens spiritually. People unintentionally, that's, that's how I got to where I'm at. My best friend growing up was a vital part of Fellowship of Christian Athletes in our, in our area in West Virginia. And as, as a, a high school student freshman, him being a junior, he drug me to FCA events, and I loved it. And, and, he, and he unintentionally in, discipled me unintentionally brought me along. I got to learn. I got to grow. I got to hear. And then there's other times where people have taken me aside and said, hey, man, we just, I want to walk with you, and I want to share with you, and I want to pour into you, and I want to, uh, uh, to see you grow in your understanding of the Lord, to see you mature uh, as a follower of Jesus. And so there's been intentional and unintentional. But that's what happens in our life. Th- that's what happens in our life, which brings me to this point of what we need to discuss and look at about this intentionality, a disciple of what? A disciple of what? And what Jesus is talking about, not Clemson, not being a nice person, not doing a couple good things in the world. Not, not, that's not what he's talking about. What he is talking about, it, it, it goes much, much deeper. See, a disciple at, at, its, at its simplest form is a follower. So my kids follow Clemson. They like Clemson. They follow after them. They support them. They, they tell people about them. They talk about them. And what Jesus is talking about here in its simplest form is a follower of Jesus. To be one that's all in, one that cares for, one that spreads the message of, one that tells people about, one that identifies with, one, one that, that, that follows along very, very intently, very, very closely. That, that's what he's talking about. Like, like verse 19 here, look, look in 28, 19, here toward the end. He says this, he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That, that, what that is is identifying themselves. It's, it's the point of the gospel's been shared and they're in, they've believed on Jesus Christ for salvation and now what happens is they're baptized, which baptized, uh, being baptized is not a, a, a finalization of salvation, but it's just an identifier of who you belong to. It's, it's beautiful imagery here of Jesus going down in the tomb, dead, raising to life. That's what this imagery is and it's saying, hey, I believe in Jesus, I belong to him. I wear the dang t-shirt, man. That, that's what it's saying. I belong to and I am his. I am a disciple, a follower of his. And then he goes on this, says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So it's being a follower of Christ. It's knowing what he said. It's living out and walking out the things that he has commanded us. It's having an understanding and growing in that. Your theology, your doctrine, those type of things matter. Why? Because it's connected to the heart of God. You know what God stands for. You know what God believes. And as a result of that, you're walking in that. You're following in that. You're telling others about that. You're submitting to that. That's what this means, to be a disciple. 
And so I want to turn to something that Jesus says. If you have about Matthew 4, 19, it's not going to be on this, it was going to be on this screen, but it's not, it might be on the screen. I don't know, Dave may have it. He's, he's good like that. Um, Matthew 4, 19, it says this, a very, very small verse. Very, very small, small verse that maybe you've read a million times and waxed over. But for us here at New Life, this is where we get our definition of what a disciple is. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is what we've used to determine what a disciple is. And I believe that this three little points right here. The first thing he says is follow me. Follow me just simply means that you're born again. That you've come to faith in Jesus Christ. That you're, that you're saved. And it's not just about knowing a bunch of stuff to him or, or gathering on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, having some attendance or having some t-shirts. Or, it's about a, a life of faith, a life submitted to the authority, a, a longing for and walking in glad obedience to the things that he said, the things that he's called us to. It's the Holy Spirit working in our heart, bringing about conviction. It's, it's, a, it's a life that has been transformed and changed. That's the first part. Follow me. The second part is this, is I will make you. So we cross from death to life. That's the beginning part. And then from there, what happens is the work of the Holy Spirit is to, to shape us and mold us more and more into the image of Christ, whereby we look less like us and more like him. We think less like us and think more like him. We act more, uh, uh, less like us and more like him. We talk less like us and we talk more like him. It's the, it's the, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in us where he, he, he draws us all the more closer to Christ and we, we respond and walk and look and act like that. Act like Jesus. It's growth and it's movement and it better be happening because if you've been saved any amount of time, any amount of time, I, I use this illustration often. It, it would be like my, um, my two and a half year old right now. He's, I mean, he's not but eight tall and like he can say some words and he can get around and he can do some stuff. But if he's still at that level whenever he is 15, we've got a major problem. And, and shame on us for not identifying it much, much earlier. Two and a half and now he's 15. What, ha what happened in those 13 years? Why, why have we not? And, and the sad part is, and I don't know, this is just free right here, God just kind of, the sad part is, is that's, that's what the church does. Hey, brother, you got saved. Awesome. Great. Come on in. Now have a seat. We never, we never talk to you again. We never walk with you again. We never be intentional with you again. We, we never follow up with you again. We just, oh, well, they haven't been here. They must be mad. Something happened. And they're gone. And we never, we never walk after. We never go after. We never care for. Church, hear me. Leading someone to the Lord, sharing the gospel is just the start. Just, just the beginning. And hear me. We have very little to nothing to do with that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. This is where Jesus commands us to get even more involved. Go make. If it wasn't possible, he wouldn't call us and ask us to do it. You know what I'm saying? He does the saving, and then, he, yes, he does the shaping and molding, but he uses us all the more to do that, and that's what he tells us to do here. Go make. Do this. Get involved in their life. Identify. So if we've got someone who's been saved, and, and they're not changed, they're not walking like, they're not talking like, they're not acting like that of Jesus, there's a major problem that we need to step in and find out what's going on. Maybe it's a nourishment issue, meaning they haven't been chewing and eating on the Word of God. Or, or, or maybe it's, they're not what they say they are. And we've got to lovingly walk with and challenge and see and care for and shepherd well. And hear me, the thing I love about the, thing I love about the Scripture doesn't say, hey, pastor's going to make disciples. The command here is for the men and women of God to be active in pursuing and doing and living this out. So you know what's going to happen? One day we'll stand before God and we'll give an account and he'll be like, why didn't you? Like, well, my pastor, that was it. No, it's not his job. It's not for the professionals. There's not professionals in this. That's what we need to get our minds and heads around. I'm not a professional. 
Like I'm just some redneck dude from West Virginia that for whatever reason God has saved and called me to shepherd and oversee his church. And trust me, I ask him about that much more than anybody in this room does. You laugh because you know it's true. Like, dang, are we sure about this guy? So that's what he's called us to do and us to be. And I know this is a little bit more. Let's get at it. We got to get serious, man. The world, have you seen where the world's going? Have you seen what's taking place in our day? Man, we were built for this. This is what this means. We get to step in and we get to engage and we get to walk with and have conversation. That's what we get to do. And then the third part of this, fishers of men. Follow me, I will make you saved. You're being changed. And now you're on mission with Jesus. Fishers of men. This is where we engage and we have conversations that, that will lead to us being able to share the gospel when that happens and, and when, when God uses us to proclaim his good news of the gospel and he saves, then it's back to the Matthew 28, 19, baptizing them what? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, we want to see them baptized. We want to see them uh, uh, walk out that first act of obedience, saying, hey, I belong to Jesus. I'm proclaiming to the world that Jesus is mine and I am his, that we want to aid in that. We want to walk with that. We want to press those new converts to that. And then we see the intentionality and consistency of doing life with that new convert, with that person. The intentional part here is he says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. So, so hear me, we're called to teach them. Teach not like this. Not get a classroom and get people circled up and, and have hands. No, to, to teach life on life. Walk with, care for, have conversations. Be open and honest. Let them in and see struggles. Let them in and see uh, where you've been victorious and in, in following out in obedience. It's having those intentional conversations. It's we do relationships as we're going. And in that relationship, we may challenge, we may encourage, we may hold accountable, we may press against, we may remind, we may lift up. It's the time we move away. This is what I'm saying. It's time we move away from just the surface level junk. I don't care that the Jacksonville Jaguars won last night, which I, that's awesome, like y'all. Like if you are a Clemson person, like that was sweet. Like they're down 27 nothing. Anyways, that's another. Watch Sports Center, it was great. But is that not what we do? Is that not how we do it? I mean, I'll, I'll be nice and I'll pray for my food and I'll be sweet to people and I'll hold the door for people, but, but I'll never move past the surface level stuff. I'll never move past and look someone in the eyes like, I mean, how are you doing? I mean, what's Christ teaching you? What are, what are you struggling with? Because let me tell you what I'm struggling with. And, and I don't know what your weeks look like, but my weeks look like this. And pulling back the curtain and just being honest and open and transparent. And you know what? In spite of my struggle this week, God's loved me and he's pursued me and he's called me into repentance and he's called me into restoration and he's, and he's called me into to following. And the fact that he uses me to do this I mean, that's how we do it. And if they want to judge, let them judge me because you know who the judge at the end is? That's the judging I'm worried about. That's the judging, I, that's the judging I'm c concerned about. Not the opinion of anyone in this room, not the opinion of what, uh, what somebody else, somewhere else may say. Not, uh, no, I'm, I'm concerned about the opinion of the one who holds the keys to heaven and hell. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the one in this scripture with all authority who has spoken, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I'm concerned about. And so hear me, you're gonna do that and that's gonna happen. People are gonna betray your trust why? Because people are broken. People are sinful. And if they can beat up and knock down and kill someone else, they're going to do that so they can build themselves up and feel better about themselves, which what it does is just shows us some insecurity in their heart, some wickedness in their heart that, trust me, God loves them if they're his, loves them enough to confront them in and let them have a taste of that. And then the hope in the heart be that they would run to him 
And so church, we've got to get to the intentional conversation, the, the deeper conversation, moving away from surface level jargon. We dive into deeper things with the word of God. And then what we do is this, as we walk with, as we uh, do life on life, as we have community with fellow believers uh, and, and, and doing this, what we do is we release them, go, release them to go be fishers of men. Now you go do in someone else's life what I've done in yours. You, you, this exact same thing. You mean, there's not, no, there's not a blueprint. Why? Because as you are going, you're going to meet people. You're going to find people with similarities and likes like you have. You're going to find those things. You're going to invite them in, and you're going to connect. And as you connect, you're going to start to go deeper and be more serious and start to walk with and, and, and let them know a frame. And this, this is what I'm hoping to do that God will do in us, and that he'll shape me and mold me, that he'll shape you and mold you. That's what we're called to do. Go be fishermen. Raise up, release, commission them to go and do the same thing that you've walked out and modeled in them. And so it seems like it's a big ask. And I think it, I mean, personally, if I was going to, I mean, Jesus, I think it's a big ask. It's a huge thing that he would call for us to be and to do if it wasn't for this last part here in verse 20. And this is from Jesus' mouth, the one with all authority. It says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Now, now, if he says, hey, hey, here, go do this, figure it out, good luck, see you guys. And then that's it. I, 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 like, okay, but that's, that's not the heart of the Savior, is it? No. He says, hey, I've called you to do this. I've asked you to do this. I've commanded you to do this. And by the way, guys, I'm going to be with you. In those goofy, awkward moments, I'm going to be there in the midst of that, and I'm going to even work in that. If you're not good at sharing the gospel, you know what I'm going to do? It's not about you being good at sharing the gospel. It's about you just speaking the name of Jesus and telling people the truth about who Jesus is. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't put more pressure on yourself than you need to. You cannot mess this thing up. You are not that powerful. You are not that great. Uh, You need to to get that this morning. The Holy Spirit and the grace of Jesus Christ covers our worstness. That's not even a real word. Every teacher in the room just like cringes a little bit. Good, that's what I'm talking about. Even in, you're not that good, that powerful, that great. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. We've got to be willing vessels to go and do. You, you can't tell me the people that share the gospel. This Look your dad in the eyes and say, Dad, I don't think you're a follower of Jesus. Let's talk about that for a second. That is not comfortable conversation. That is not easy conversation. He hasn't called us to comfort and ease. He, he's called us to the difficulty of life and walking out that with him. And what he says, I'm going to come with you and I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you what you need in those moments. And I'm going to be for you what you can't be. And even when you think like you've just bombed it. I am going to be working behind the scenes far greater than you can ever imagine. That's what this is. That's what this is. Let that sink into your heart for a minute. It's not, it's not, it's not about you and your power and your presentation of it. It's about your willingness and obedience to do and to follow and pursue. That's what it's about. And this isn't a, we want to add one more thing on you. This isn't a, we want to make your life difficult. This is one of those things you do as you're going in your circle. Like I've said already. And what I've learned is this, is that the breakdown of this whole thing is not on God, but it's on us. Because God's going to do his part. God's desire is to draw and save, to raise up men and women to be mature followers of his life so they can be sent out to do the same thing. He, he's going to do his part by the work of the Holy Spirit. The problem is, is that the church today has, has, has stepped out and taken a break. 
has been disobedient in the call of God on our life to go and make disciples. We've left it for professionals, or we've made it about programs, or we've made it about stuff like that, and that's not what, that's not what Jesus says. He's like, you need to get a good discipleship program in your church. No, you don't. Why? Because the good program, I'm looking at the good programming right now. It's the men and women in this room walking with people intentionally. Now, we're going to do some things as a church to help set up environments to make this uh, possi- a possibility, but, but, but man, you don't need us to do this. You don't have to have us to do this. You can do this yourself. You can make this happen yourself. Press into the Lord and invite people in. And so the breakdown is not on God. The breakdown is on his people not being obedient, stepping out of their comfort zone. And church, we can't use that excuse anymore. I don't even think it was plausible back then. I mean, we're we're in the internet age. You can search and Google anything. I mean, you can find stuff out there. Now, not all that stuff you find is good, and you should. I'm not, I'm not saying you should. We'd love to talk more about what this looks like and how to, and we will. But I'm saying we're living in a day and age where we don't have that excuse. Do you know what? Whenever we uh, bought our first house, and like I am not, like I am not mechanically um, in tuned to do a whole lot of like that kind of stuff. Like, like my wife, in order for me to have like power tools, I have to have adult supervision. And when I say power tools, like, like I finally graduated so I can have uh, uh, an electric uh, screwdriver drill. Yeah. yeah, like that's about the extent of it. Anything sharp that could poke me or hurt me or kill one of our kids, uh-uh. No, there, there has got to be a trained adult in that setting and arena, and they've got to have their hands on the equipment as well um, and kind of showing and navigating. Saul's are, uh-uh, no, I can't do that. I'm not allowed. Um, and like I'll pretend and play with them without the battery in and stuff, but that's about, that's the extent of, I'm joking, I don't do that. But um, what I was saying is this, reel it back in, Scott, reel it back in. Um, what, what I was saying is this, is I can remember we bought our first house and it was uh, a year and a half in, two years in, our ice maker quits working. And so I do what every good homeowner does and I call the refrigerator guy. So I thought until I found out what the price is just to get the dude out. And I'm like, like that, that's, that's, Sign still delivered everything, right? He's like, no, man, that's just me to come, come and figure out what's going on. I'm like, I'll tell you what's going on. It's not making ice. <laughs> so let's just, let's just knock that off and let's just go ahead and get the part put in. Well, I've got to diagnose it and I've got to, I said, all right, all right, all right. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. So what do I do? I jump on YouTube and it gives me like three things. And so what do I do? I begin to walk through. I begin to use that fancy drill that she lets me use. And I took very little of it apart because my thought is like, I'm, if, if I break it, I'm going to have to, it's already broke and we'll have to anyway, so I'm, let me just give it a shot. Church, that, that needs to be our heart. I need to walk into and step into this and engage people with conversation, engage people in relationship, have conversations. And hear me, when those questions and those difficulties come up, don't, don't just make something up. Dig in and find out. Come ask. We're here to equip the saints. Our goal and heart as the leadership of this church is to equip you to send you out and let you cause chaos on this world to let you be wreckers of the dark in this world. That's our heart and that's our hope. And that's what we're going to fight for and go toward. And that's what we want you to be doing. So to close this morning, our desire for you is to be a disciple and to to do some discipling. To be a disciple and to do some discipling. And so as as the band comes back up here, I want to share with you the house. One of the things that we're looking to launch down the road is this, is DNA groups. What I mean by a DNA group is this, is that it's a very intense, small group that will train and walk this out all the more for about 16 weeks to, to disciple and deploy. 
And, and so maybe you're sitting in this room and maybe that's, that's where you're at this morning. Maybe you're not as far along as you think or maybe you've got some more things to kind of walk out and figure out. And so what we're looking to do uh, in, in the upcoming months is to, is to create DNA groups whereby a mature disciple with a, a curriculum and a, uh, and a, a roadmap and, and tracks to run on will we'll walk with and have intentional intentional conversation, modeling this, walking through this, talking about this, equipping this. Uh, maybe that's what it looks like for you. Maybe that's where you're at right now and you need to do that. Maybe it's uh, in a small group. We, we believe that, that small groups are the vehicles that uh, allow us to, to disciple like we see here in the scriptures. It's a place where we get to do life on life some. We get to ask the tough questions that come up in scripture. And then through that, get to walk that out weekly with each other. So, so we, we want to make sure and get some of those things right, get some of those things going even more, which brings me to our goals for this year. And they're going to be on the screen. It's going to be awesome. So you just have to follow me close. So some of our goals for this year as it pertains to discipleship, as it pertains to the intentionality of is this, is that my heart and my hope is that we, launch, we need to launch six groups at least this coming year. Six groups. That's, that's what we need to do, launch six groups. Now, the problem with that is this, is that we don't have six group leaders, life group leaders to lead these. But what I see before me this morning is a church full of folk that I believe God is calling into to be a part of this. So which brings me to my next goal is that we can train, equip, and walk with six to eight new life group leaders. And I know, and I get, not everybody in the room, hear me, I'm not saying everybody in this room needs to be a life group leader of a small group. That's not what I'm saying. Everyone in this room is called to make disciples to intentionally walk out like I said, maybe the setting for you is not that of being a life group leader and leading a small group of people into that. That's completely all right. But for some of you in this room, it is. And maybe for some of you in this room, you've been running from that. Maybe for some of you in this room, the excuse that, this, that Satan has given you or that the devil has given you is that, man, I'm just not smart enough. I just don't know how. I just, what if I, and you've allowed that doubt to creep in and, and you've allowed that to kind of just uh, take over and kind of guide some decision making that, 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 and, and even mutes maybe conviction that God's put on your heart. So that's what these DNA groups are going to help aid with. That, that's what we want to be very intentional with is coming to and walking and finding people who will say, hey man, I, I want to I lead a life group. Something else that's heavy on our heart is this, is that we want to launch a men's small group. We've got women's small groups going on. We've got some women's ministry stuff going on. We're trying to get our men's ministry stuff uh, headed in the right direction. And, and it's just a great, great conviction of ours is that, is that we need to walk with men. Men need to have men that they can press in on, men that they can confess to, men that they can be encouraged by. And so, so our heart and our hope is that we can launch a, a men's small group very, very soon. So let me, let me give you, so we want to launch... Uh, six new life groups. We want to have six to eight uh, uh, new life group leaders uh, emerge or kind of rise to the top that we can walk with, that we can train, that we can do what this scripture says. And, and we want to launch a, a men's small group. That's, that's some goals that we've got that you'll see around the church that you'll hear talked about over and over and over that we'll have before you always. And so I just want to kind of give you an assessment of where we're at. We've, we've got about eight groups that meet right now. Two women's groups. We've got some, uh, and the rest of them are, are just are, are mixed groups. Ages, things like that, kids, no kids, all that stuff. And in those eight groups, we have about 70 people. There's some overlap, but about 70, 70 people, which is about 45% of the people that make up new life. And, and I've taken the children out of these equations, these numbers. 
So about 45% of the men and women who call this place home, who come here regularly, about 45% are in uh, a group by which they can be uh, walked with, encouraged, held accountable, uh, be made a disciple. My heart and my prayer for the coming years is, is that, that that number is almost doubled and goes from 45% of our people to 80% of our people. 80% of our people. So what, what we're praying for and what we're asking is 120 people are in groups by the end of this year. And with the numbers that I've put before you, we've got to have six to eight groups launch. We, we have to have that. We have to have people come forward and rise up and say, you know, you know what, I may not be great at it, I may not fully get but but I'm willing to be used by God to do this. Will you guys just walk with me and help me and encourage and guide me in that? That's what we need. That's what we're asking for, 80%. Imagine 80% of the church, 80% of our church intentionally walking in. What would that do for you this week on Tuesday whenever you just got that bad news on Monday night? Tuesday morning, what would that do for you to know that you have a group of people that are committed to praying for you, walking for you, caring for you? I mean, we, we just had in the back, uh, uh, Denise just had surgery. She's not here. Don't look back there. She's not there. It's her husband's pointing at him. It'd be crazy if she was here already, but she's not. She just had heart surgery this past week. And, and, and I know that there's the, the small group that she's in that they're a part of has set up a meal train to kind of love and care and help uh, take some things off the table there as, as Lee's back at work and things are crazy there that they can care for. And I've heard of people like saying, hey, we're just gonna go sit with you through there because she needs somebody there to just kind of sit with her and, and help take care of if, if something happens and needs to get something or something goes on. I mean, that, that's, what this, that's, that's what it's about. Imagine what it would do for your soul, what it would do for your heart, what it would do for, for your family. I mean, if you live life like that, that I've got a group of people that I press into, that I know that I walk with, that I can share anything with, that are committed to the Lord first and foremost and committed to seeing me grow and mature. Well, imagine what, what God could do, what could happen, what take place in your life, what your family would look like a year from now if that's you, what your kids would be like a year from now if that's you. I mean, what you would be like for the glory and honor of the Lord if that was you. And so I'm... So this is the very intentional. Like, 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 I believe with all my heart God wants you in a group here. If this is the place that God has called you to, he, want, he don't want you sitting on the sidelines watching. He doesn't want you just to encourage by putting some money in a plate and then kind of walking on with it. No, no. He wants you involved and in. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you fully in. He wants you looking for people. He wants you causing chaos in this world against the principalities of darkness. That's what he wants and that's what he longs for. And hear me, you're not going to do it on your own. I love you enough to tell you, you're not that great. I don't care how much you think about yourself. You're not going to do it. I won't do it. We won't do it unless we have that encouragement. There is strength in numbers, church. There is strength in numbers. So the intentionality part for us is we want you involved. We want you giving your life away. We want people pouring into. We want you walking this out. And hear me, it's going to take some work. It's going to take a, I'm just going to, it's going to take a lot of work. Six to eight people is what we're looking for needing right immediately. Say, I'll get in a DNA group. Hey, I'll, I'll walk through that. Let's do this to lead. Because what that's seeing is we're opening up enough, enough room for about 80 people to be a part of a group. 70, that's, that's more than what we've got going right now. That's what that does with six to eight people. So I, I, I want to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Is this, is this maybe an area that God's leading you to be a part of our church in? 
We're not going to turn you loose. We'll walk with you, but maybe that's what God's calling you to do. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's stirred in your heart. All I know is this. One, he's called us to go make disciples. We know what a disciple is now. So we need to be about doing that, living that, because if we do that, this, this stuff will start to rise to the top. This will start to happen. We'll see people getting saved. We'll see lives being forever changed. And then we get to just swoop in all the more and walk with intentionally and, and just share and care for and press against. So would you pray what God wants you to do as a result of his word being proclaimed this morning? What is it? Is it one-on-one? Is it a DNA group? Is it a small group? Is it getting in one? Is it uh, leading one? What is it that he's calling you to do? How can you be a part of this goal? And this is what we're going to happen is at the end, Jimmy's going to be out in the lobby at this table just to the, to the right of the doors where you can go and you can sign up there. There'll be some paper. You can, you can write your name down and kind of see what you're thinking, where you're at, what, what God stirred in your heart. And then we're going to follow up with you. We're going to follow up with you and see this through and get much, much more intentional about us being, uh, living out this vision that God has put on our hearts. So six, six new life groups, six to eight new life group leaders, a men's group. That's what we're praying. We, we want 80% of our people to be intentionally walking with others for the sole purpose of discipleship. Father, help us this morning to hear from you, hear your word, to be obedient to what you've called us to. God, I just, I just believe in this room that there are people in this room, Father, that, that need community, that, that need love and encouragement, that, that need the things I've talked about. I believe there's people in this room that you have for years been pressing and convicting and training and molding and shaping to step up and to help lead in this capacity. And so, Father, I just pray this morning would be the morning that they break loose. And they say, okay, you know what? I don't have a clue, but I'm, I'm going to, with your help, God, I'm going to do it. So whatever, God, you ask for, whatever you stir for in this, in this moment this morning, God, may there be obedience. And, Father, if there be a heart here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, save and rescue. That's the first step. So before they can be a disciple, they've got to be yours. The disciple of you is the one that's been born again. So, Father, God, do work in this place. And then we pray. Amen. You guys stay in. The band's going to lead us. You be obedient. If you want to come talk now, Jimmy's right here. I'm right here. If you want to pray, whatever God leads on your heart to do, you be obedient.